This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the Word of God says it, I believe it! And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. What a way to begin a new year. So many people hoping that 2021 would be a much calmer, more wonderful year than the one we just left behind. I don't know if it's going to turn out that way. Very interesting because yesterday morning we had taken the family for a few days to Florida just to get away over the holidays a little bit. And and we're flying back and we get off the flight and all of a sudden we're checking Twitter, we're checking social media and, and everything is going nuts. Everything is going nuts. You have all of these hundreds of thousands of Trump supporters in Washington, D.C., trying to rally for Trump and continue to express their concerns about a fraudulent election and the president is speaking. The next thing you know, there are threats, I guess, coming across, uh, alleged threats of revenge for our taking out that Iranian general. And they are saying on these radio transmissions that pilots can hear that there's going to be a plane hitting the U.S. Capitol. That turned out to be something that they debunked. So that's the first thing. Then you hear about these rioters breaching the Capitol and storming the Capitol, as we all know now. And then you have all of these members of Congress having to take cover. And you've got pictures all over the Internet and all over TV of these police with guns drawn. And I'm thinking to myself that that this isn't starting out very well. Here's how I want to start out this year, because without our God, we have no hope. Without our God, we have no hope. And I go back to our first president, George Washington, and here's a little prayer by George Washington. And I think this is an important way for us to kick off 2021 before we get into the news. This is what our first president prayed. Almighty God, we make our earnest prayer that thou wilt keep the United States in thy holy protection, that thou wilt incline the hearts of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and obedience to government and entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another and for their fellow citizens of the United States at large. And finally, that thou wilt most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, and to demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and pacific temper of mind, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion without a humble imitation of whose examples in these things we can never hope to be a happy nation. Grant our supplication, we beseech thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Boy, we have never needed those things more than we need them right now. And I I just want to start out with this. I want to start out with this. There are a lot of directions we could go, but I'm going to start with this. The president of the United States, as you know, gave a speech and also went on Twitter after all of the mayhem began. 
And he put out a video calling for peace. And he also put out several tweets. For example, he said, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. He also tweeted, these are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. Then he puts out, these of course were tagged by Twitter, this claim of election fraud is disputed and this tweet can't be replied to, retweeted or liked due to a risk of violence. Who is Twitter to decide that because somebody will read a tweet of Trump's that they're going to go out and commit violence? That's a whole nother subject. But he put out this video on the issue of peace And they tore it down off Twitter and then they suspended the account for 12 hours following the removal of these tweets. This is the president of the United States. It makes me so angry to even think about the fact that we've gone through all of these political theater incidents of having congressional hearings with Jack Dorsey, the head of Twitter, and Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook. Oh, we're going to get all tough talk in your face. We're going to do something about Section 230. We're going to make sure that you guys are held accountable. You can't keep punishing conservatives on Twitter and locking down their accounts and kicking them off and doing what you do to the president. And they do nothing. They do absolutely nothing. And then this happens. And I guess Facebook is also removing posts so that the president of the United States cannot even communicate with the people. Think about that for a moment. But thankfully, we were quicker on the draw than Jack Dorsey because we got the video and the audio from the video. So you can listen to it. Here it is. Cut one. I know you're pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election and everyone knows it especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Did that seem like words to you that would invoke violence? He's saying law and order. He's saying peace. I know you feel upset, but go home in peace. That's going to somehow get people to become violent. Might I also mention that, for example, Jake Tapper from CNN put out a link to a CNN piece, and it was a series of photos of these thugs who broke into the U.S. Capitol, none of whom had names. They all have names, but there were no identifying names for any of these people, which was interesting because one of the first things they teach you in journalism, especially photojournalism, is if you take a picture of somebody, get the person's name. 
That's journal. That's the journalism part of photojournalism. These are photos without journalism. And they're calling them all pro-Trump supporters and Trump supporting domestic terrorists, I think is the phrase that was used by Jake Tapper on Twitter. And I'm questioning this because I'm saying if you can't even go through the motions of trying to obtain the names of these people, how in the world can you absolutely certify that they are Trump supporters or Republicans or voters or any anything else? You don't even know their names. You guys don't even ask their names. You take their pictures. They're a bunch of weird looking people who shouldn't have done what they did, but we don't know them from Adam. Now, maybe by the time you're hearing the show, you might know who some of them are. But at the time that Jake Tapper was putting this out and CNN was putting out this photo essay, nobody knew who these people were. And somebody was shot. A woman was shot apparently by the police and died and we don't even know anything about her. She was unarmed. You know, we're still looking for all of these details. That's an absolute tragedy. But the president of the United States did not say, storm the Capitol, boys. Get in there. Make sure that you drive Congress out so I can stage a coup. The president of the United States has said repeatedly, repeatedly that he will leave when everything is on the up and up. And he just wanted every legal vote counted. That's what he has always said. He just wants every legal vote counted. It's not that he wants to stay in office forever, but he doesn't want to lose an election that he believes the courts should take into account all of this ballot fraud and all of the things that his attorneys have been putting forward. He wanted the courts to consider all that. Okay, well, now they've gone through the process of trying to hear the court's opinions on all of this stuff, and most of them, it it hasn't worked out. And even the Supreme Court wouldn't take the case with Texas, which was ridiculous. But these justices, I would imagine, do not want to be in a position of saying that they somehow disenfranchise the American people in in an election. Well, what about the 80 million people, 75, 80, 80 million people who voted for Donald Trump? Disenfranchisement, you see, only matters when people are voting for Democrats. In that case, it's a national tragedy. Even if there's not any actual disenfranchisement, it's always a tragedy if somebody who's a leftist voter claims disenfranchisement. But you can do it to the other side and it doesn't matter. And in fact, the courts won't even listen to the cases. I'm not saying all those cases should have been heard because of various issues, but this is a pretty strong track record of nobody wanting to even deal with the evidence on the ground. There's a lot more to come. Stay with us. We'll be back. This is Janet Mefford for Bible League International. What did you pray for today? Good health, safety, maybe to meet a goal? Those are good things to pray for. But pastors and evangelists in the Middle East aren't praying for material blessings or for an end to the persecution or difficulties they face. Rather, they're praying for copies of God's Word so that believers will be spiritually nourished and strengthened to live out their faith in this challenging part of the world. Many of our brothers and sisters in Christ in places like the Middle East, Asia, Africa, and and Latin America live each day without their very own Bible. But you can send one today. Give one Bible for only $5, 20 Bibles for $100, or 200 Bibles for $1,000. Whatever you'd like to give, you can become a Bible sender by calling 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-W-O-R-D. 800-YES-WORD. Or there's a Bible League banner to click at JanetMefford.com. 
Hi, this is Janet Mefford for Preborn. Candace talks about finding out she was pregnant. Thankfully, an ultrasound provided by Preborn allowed her to hear her baby's heartbeat. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. Preborn has 10 centers that do not have ultrasound machines. Would you make a leadership gift and sponsor a machine today? These life-saving machines cost more than most centers can afford. Your tax-deductible gift of $15,000 will place a machine in a needy women's center and save countless lives for years to come. To donate, call 855-402-BABY, 855-402-BABY, or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. What a scene in Washington, D.C. A lot is happening moment by moment. So we're just kind of covering the basics from yesterday because it was very shocking. Listen, I remember back when the Tea Party was getting started and we decided in our own area that we would go down to a local Tea Party rally. This was right on the cusp of the Tea Party just getting going. And I'll never forget it. It was really funny because we went down to this local city hall and there was a group of Republicans and they were standing there with their signs and you've never seen a nicer group of people in your life. They didn't know how to protest. They really didn't know how to protest. They're holding up these signs, you know, uh, free, you know, America and freedom and, you know, uh, taxed enough already and all the things that everybody was talking about during the Tea Party movement. And there were just these little moms and dads and nice kids, well-behaved homeschool kids and some grandmas and grandpas. And we all kind of looked at each other and they said, are we doing? this right because I feel like we should be screaming but I don't really want to scream because that seems rude okay so you multiply that by hundreds of thousands of people and that basically was what was going on in Washington DC until you got these thugs inexplicably breaching these fences now a couple of questions that I have on that score number one one of the angles that was shown of that breach showed the police moving the fences for them and letting them through there's a video of this on Twitter. You can see this. It's it's probably on other sites as well if they haven't already taken them down. But I watched this thing several times and that's like, well, that's kind of weird. Second of all, we already know what leftist agitators have been doing to this country for the better part of the last year. We saw what they did in Minnesota, fiery but mostly peaceful protests as you know the buildings behind the CNN reporter are flames to the sky. We saw that. We know what they did in Washington, D.C. There were fires all over Washington, D.C. And somehow Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., couldn't be bothered to in, instill curfews and do all kinds of draconian lockdowns then. Because, you know, you don't want to disenfranchise people who are upset and want to set fires. And in fact, after all those rioters got done with what they were doing, they painted Black Lives Matter all over the street as a nice little reward. Nice little take-home prize. Parting love gift. I mean, it, we know what happened with the left. We know what these people have done. We know that we didn't see people on the left condemning this right and left. We saw a whole lot of ignoring it or making excuses for it. And so now, what's going on? Now there is this whole narrative that these thugs who stormed the Capitol are Trump supporters. They're pro-Trump. 
How do you know they're all pro-Trump? I'm not saying they're not pro-Trump. I'm not saying I don't know who these people are. That's the point. But when you know who the agitators and the violent rioters are, you might want to ask the question. I'm just kind of throwing that out there, spitballing it a little bit. You might want to ask the question and do a little bit of journalism. I keep going back to that because it does matter. It does matter. If you don't actually do your job as a journalist, then you can be lying to people and you can be deliberately misrepresenting the news, in which case you ought to be fired. That's my perspective because that's the way it was done back in my day. At least when it was done right, if you plagiarized, you were fired. If you committed libel, you were fired. If you did something that was very unethical, you lost your job or you, at the very least, would be suspended. Now you you just move up the food chain and maybe one day you can be head of a network. That's how it goes now. Let's go back to some of the words again from President Trump at yesterday's rally. The left really didn't like this. Here's one. This has got two. Hundreds of thousands of American patriots are committed to the honesty of our elections and the integrity of our glorious republic. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. All right. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Well, President Trump, unfortunately, had a setback because of Vice President Pence saying the Constitution doesn't allow him to step in and stop everything that's going on with the certification of the election. So we know how that went down. But here's something interesting as well. This was over on Fox News. And this was an interview between Bill Hemmer at Fox News and Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana. He's a Republican offering some reaction on what he saw and heard at the MAGA march. And then he talks a little bit about how he thinks all of this happened in the first place. This is cut three. Well, I was in the middle of the proceedings in the House chamber uh, down at the table. We were presenting our thoughtful uh, arguments and thoughts about this whole process. Electoral College, as you mentioned, is a very important process for our nation. Uh, happens every four years, and we're going through the methodical steps. This is nothing unusual. What was happening today? There have been many objections over the years. Uh, you know, we're going through the process, and then and then they begin the lockdown, and there's chaos on the floor, and members get a bit alarmed, and we get multiple orders by the Capitol Police, and ultimately they evacuate the chamber. It's just a it's just a really really sad thing. The whole nation is a is a tinderbox right now of emotion. Uh, you know, of vitriol. These are dark days for our country, and we all feel it. We all know it. I mean, you know, I'm here as, as one of the advocates on the Republican side stating our concerns about this election and the, the allegations of fraud and the irregularity and all that. But um, I, I don't see my colleagues on the other side of the aisle making the other argument as an enemy. Right? We're all Americans, and we, we have to remember the positive things, the, the foundational principles, the things that unite us. I mean, we can debate, argue, and, and, and go back and forth about policy and elections and all the rest, but at the end of the day— we're all one family in this country, and if we if we forget that, we lose that value. Our our republic is in peril. I mean, we got to remember this is an experiment in self governance. There's never been a constitutional republic like we have. We're the greatest nation in the history of the world, but we are that because we're based upon these foundational principles, like the rule of law. And if we lose it, we lose who we are as a nation, and it's a very dangerous thing. I agree. We are a nation in peril, and I agree 
that all of what's happening here is a very dangerous thing. But I cannot agree with what I think is a bit of a pie in the sky line that the other side is our family. I don't think we're a family. I think we got a divorce a long time ago, ideologically speaking. These are not people who consider us family. These are not people who don't consider us the enemy. Have you watched your colleagues, Representative Johnson? Have you seen what they're saying on the Internet, what they say about Republicans? Did you miss what they did at the Kavanaugh hearings? Did you miss what they did to the president of the United States, who had no quid pro quo with the Ukrainian president on that phone call? The exact thing that the left was claiming President Trump did, they were actually guilty of. How many dirty tricks do I have to go over for people to recognize that at one time, yes, Democrats and Republicans at the end of the day, were all in agreement that we're Americans and we stand on the Constitution and we stand on our founding principles and together we will be one nation, e pluribus unum. It's not that anymore. And I don't think we can really make a straight face statement that it is. I wish it were so. I pray it will be so again, but it is not so. You have people on the left who are so far gone in terms of their worldview and in terms of their determination to destroy the country that there is no bringing them back aside from some miracle from God. There's no bringing them back. There is no having a country with some of these people. I'm not saying that there aren't people somewhere in the middle who you can still reason with, but we got to get real with ourselves. You have an entire party who watched the looting and the rioting and the violence and the fires and didn't care. You had an entire party who watched what they did to President Trump and they didn't care. They have been liars. They have been inciters. And now they're saying, oh, the 25th Amendment needs to be invoked. President Trump needs to be thrown out on the grounds of the 25th Amendment because he's unfit for office. Gee, what a shock. You guys have been doing this for years. And all of a sudden, what 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 interesting timing. On the 25th Amendment, at the very time that now eyewitnesses from the MAGA march are coming forward and saying Antifa was there, we saw them. There was a former FBI agent, the Washington Free Beacon reported on this, who texted them, one of the reporters there, that there was at least one bus full of Antifa thugs who came there to try to do a false flag operation as Trump supporters. There were other people who said that. Bill Roach, uh, who wrote to me on Twitter, and we've had him on the show before. He's the president of the International Society of Christian Apologetics. He was there preaching, and he said Antifa was there. They were there. They were interacting with me while I was preaching. And there are others as well. Is this not an important piece of information? If Antifa was there, then how can you be sure that all of the people who stormed the Capitol were pro-Trump supporters necessitating throwing the president out of office? And why would you throw the president out of office? He didn't tell people to storm the Capitol. If he had, that would be a different story. But listen to this. This is from The Washington Times. Trump supporters say that Antifa members disguised as one of them infiltrated the protesters who stormed the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday just like we've been telling you, a retired military officer told the Washington Times that the firm XR Vision used its software to do facial recognition of protesters and matched two Philadelphia Antifa members to two men inside the Senate. 
Isn't that interesting? One, he has a tattoo that indicates he's a Stalinist sympathizer. Antifa promotes anarchy through violence and wants the end of America in favor of a Stalinist state. No more USA at all is a protest chant. And XR Vision also identified another man who, while not known to have Antifa links, is someone who shows up at climate and Black Lives Matter protests. So... Is that important to CNN? Is that important to MSNBC? Is that important to any of these big media outlets who are pushing for President Trump to be thrown out on the grounds of the 25th Amendment? He's no longer fit for office. Listen, they were saying this before he was ever inaugurated, folks. Why? Because he was in the way. Hillary was supposed to win. She was supposed to take her turn. And she'd waited so long for it. And it was hers. And wasn't it Newsweek that already did a mock-up of Hillary Clinton, Madam President, and then they didn't get to print it because she lost and she was shocked that she lost. They were all shocked that she lost, and that's why they had to win this time around by hook or by crook. Next up, Mark Walters joins me. We're going to talk a little bit about those Georgia Senate races and a little bit more about this MAGA march. Stay with us. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Welcome back. Who thought that 2021 would be any more smooth than 2020? We might need to rethink what we've been projecting into the new year. And so far, things have been pretty chaotic. Well, one of the things that has been going on in the midst of all the insanity in Washington is the Georgia Senate races. And CNN is now projecting that John Ossoff has been elected to the Senate along with the other guy, Reverend Raphael Warnock, flipping the Senate. So more fun is on the way. And our friend Mark Walters, host of Armed American Radio, is joining us. So good to have you back, Mark. How are you? Oh, boy. I wish it was under better circumstances, but I have some really interesting takes on this. And I want people to feel better about Georgia under very difficult conditions. Thanks for having me on to talk about it. Always great to have you here, Mark. So bring us up to speed on Georgia. I know this has been a time where a lot of people are still kind of getting into the new year. I'm one of them. So bring us up to speed. Uh, This is not the result. Clearly, a lot of Americans wanted. But what have you got to share with us today? Well, let's put it this way. And I want to I want to remind people, Georgia is a red state. Right. And it sounds crazy, doesn't it? (laughs) You just said two of the most radical leftists the Democrats could conjure up. John Ossoff's been trying to win office in this state. He's a goofball. He's been trying to win office in the state for a number of years. Raphael Warnock came out of nowhere. This guy is, is a Reverend Jeremiah Wright worshiper. Yep. He is a hater of freedom. He will not denounce Marxism, socialism. This guy, he, what he is, is he's a great orator. He has that gift. And if the media covers for him like they did down here and didn't tell him the truth, you got a lot of, and I just, I hate to say this, Janet, but we're at a point in America now where we literally cannot sugarcoat things. No. Okay. This is where the rubber meets the road. There are a lot of stupid people out there who fall for this mm. and they believe that they're going to get something for free. They want something for free. And these two guys are pushing that bill of good. But I want people to understand the, the bizarre dynamic in place in the state of Georgia. 
Georgia is a bright red state. We control the House of Representatives in Georgia by, I believe, nearly a 25-person majority Republican in the state of Georgia. Yeah. We're one, I believe, one senator shy of a veto-proof majority in the House. And because it's a new decade coming in, it is the Georgia Republican Party that's going to redistrict the state after this legislative session in July. Oh, my. And if you think they're going to redistrict it, I don't know, maybe somebody would argue with me now based on what, and believe it or not, we have a Republican governor. If you want to call Kemp acting like a Republican, I have my take on that as well. (laughs) But nonetheless, he is a Republican. But if you think that the Georgia legislature is going to redistrict so that the Democrats can control the state at the state house, you're nuts. So what we've got here is is a bright red state. No new counties flipped blue to put Ossoff and Warnock in office. The same counties that vote blue. Every single election cycle in Georgia voted blue, and the same deep red counties, which is the vast majority of the state, voted red. The problem is Stacey Abrams, for the last two years, has been building a machine here under the radar since she lost the gubernatorial election. She came out and told us she was going to do it. Those of us that live here in the state have been watching it go on. She's done it successfully with money from Hollywood. She's done it successfully with money from Democrat donors across the country and the Democrat Party at Al, and she was successful at it, and the, the votes that came in did not come from picking up new flipping counties. <laughs> it came from DeKalb County and Fulton County, Yeah, those two counties. And the problem we have in the state of Georgia now is you got a deep red state that because of those two counties, we find ourselves in the same position California's in and, and been in for decades and, and killing them, and we find ourselves in the same position that Virginia's been in. The difference is, at the state level, the Republicans control the state. So it's a very bizarre situation when you consider that this is a deep red state. Yeah, it's really disappointing more than that. I mean, I need to use stronger language than that. It's just outrageous. And I guess yeah. not not surprising to a lot of people, you know, going back several weeks, we had Lynn Wood, the attorney, one of the attorneys who's been working on the Trump campaign and trying to deal with the presidential election results, the fraud and all the rest. He was one of the people at the rally who was saying, you shouldn't vote if you're a Republican yeah. because we can't have any faith in the system. And until all of these voting irregularities get taken care of and dominion and what have you we how much do you think that mattered though to to red voters in georgia can, can you tell anything from people you've been talking to from georgia about whether or not that helped suppress the republican vote yeah i actually can i'll give you a personal experience i live in cherokee county a very very deep red state and if you were watching newsmax as the returns were coming in you heard them and i believe one american news i believe in fox mentioned cherokee county as being the bellwether for the rest of the Republican counties that were going to be coming in. You saw Leffler and you saw, uh, you saw Purdue down early when the returns began coming in at 45% reporting, and they were still down in the count. Hmm. And that's when Cherokee, Forsyth County, Bartow County, and one other county had not yet, it was, it was brought up, had not yet reported. And when Cherokee numbers going to come in, they mentioned that that, that would flip the count. And it did. Within seconds, coincidentally, Cherokee County numbers where I live came in and all of a sudden you saw both of them flip that script, if you will, oh. and go up by 30, 40,000 votes. And Cherokee led that. And then you had Bartow come in and Forsyth come in and their numbers continue to rise. But we all knew that because for some reason, I guess Democrats in, in Fulton County and Democrats in, Bar- in, uh, in uh, DeKalb County are stupid and can't count after eight o'clock. So they have to shut things down and wait until the next day. It's been going on here in the state of Georgia. For decades. And I'm going to to answer your question specifically what I saw with my own eyes. In a deep red county, one of the reddest counties 
in the country. When I went to vote with my daughter, 18 years old now, uh, who voted for the first time in the general, and my wife, when we went to vote, I, we left at 10.30 in the morning. I was expecting to be there till noon before I got in. I pulled up. There were virtually no cars in the parking lot at the middle school. I walked in. We were in and out in less than six minutes, the three of us. And I said to the, to the poll worker, I said, this is very disturbing to me. Why is there not a line? Yeah. And she said, I'm going to be honest with you. She said, this is busier than it was on the general election in November. And I turned around. I said, there's no one here. There were two or three people coming and straggling in behind us. Now, maybe it was busy earlier, but I, that did not make me feel good. However, I knew because I was putting a tag on an automobile where the early voting was occurring, the lines were huge during the early voting. So I, I did not like what I saw in Cherokee County. That line should have been out the door, and I was very concerned about that. Yeah, that's terrible. You know, when yeah. you're looking at what happened, though, you, you have different minds in the conservative movement, uh, Georgians who want to vote or don't want to vote. One of the things that I've heard is people say, not only what's the point of voting at this point, because we have no faith in the in the electors here in the, in the state of Georgia, but in the other contested states, which are no longer contested in the United States, the other ones that were up for grabs for a while. And, and they're saying, but if the GOP is going to continue to stand against Trump, then what good is it to put in two red senators who are going to be the next, you know, John McCain's? I mean, not that that's a fair assessment or a fair charge mm-hmm. that Leffler and Purdue would be, you know, establishment hacks or what have you. I'm not saying that that's a fair assessment, but the, the general frustration and, and maybe throwing their arms up in the air and say, what's the point? We don't have anybody in Washington who really will stand for us but Trump. What, what do you say to those that, people? Well, therein lies the danger. That's the danger, is what we're seeing in Washington, D.C. now, the beginning. Is it the spark? Uh, It very well could be. Because your question, we can go deeper into your question. Let's take that to McConnell. You know, these are swamp creatures. You know that. These people, they they live off the swamp. And when you look at some of McConnell's actions over the past couple of weeks regarding this election cycle, and you look at basically him telling Trump, get over it, dude. And, you know, congratulating, you know, Harris yeah. on the floor of the Senate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, this you're not supposed to be doing it. You're supposed to be fighting when you know what's going on. But McConnell is a guy who has spent so many years in Washington as part of the. He's probably thinking to himself, look, I played with Trump for four years. OK, he came in. He did what he did. He disrupted everything. Well, now we've got another establishment hack in. It's time for us to go back to business as usual yeah. so I can keep getting rich prove my point yeah aoc went into washington dc an out-of-work bartender she's going to go home folks with more money than you've ever seen in your lifetime before she's 40 years old yep yep and as she's talking about the on inequ- a government salary on a government salary and as she talks about the inequities of wealth distribution and how things need to be fair as she shows up on magazine covers and multi-thousand dollar outfits see it's okay for her but not for you we're going to come back stay with us
This is Janet Mefford, and I'm joined today by Matt Bellis with Liberty HealthShare, a national nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry. Matt, tell us what Liberty HealthShare is all about. Well, Liberty HealthShare is a network of men, women, and children all across this country who voluntarily share medical bills with one another. And we do so without the advent of any kind of government program or third-party insurance. We're voluntarily sharing medical bills with one another. It's what you would normally do with people whenever you had a situation that was unexpected and unaffordable. It'd be your friends and family and community that you would turn to. So we're a group of people sharing each other's medical bills with one another. How does Liberty HealthShare respect your conscience as a Christian? Well, as Christians, we are very much pro-life. And as an organization, we respect that as well. So you can be rest assured that if you are a part of Liberty HealthShare, none of your share amounts are going towards things that would violate your conscience. So we would never contribute or share money in something that would result in the end of an abortion or or go towards an abortifacient drug, that's not who we are at all because we know that's not who you are at all. Is Liberty HealthShare affordable? Well, a lot of people seem to think so, uh, and that's a big part of what, what we're about. We feel that it's immoral to add expense or to uh, have backdoor pricing on a lot of health care bills. And so with Liberty HealthShare, we've done all that we can do to make the Christian tradition of health care sharing available and affordable to all. Thanks, Matt. More information about Liberty HealthShare is available at libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. Or their phone number is 855-585-4237. That's 855-585-4237. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now here's Janet. Well, we so appreciate Armed American Radio and its great host, Mark Walters, who is joining us now and giving us the scoop on what's been going down in Georgia with the Senate races. And of course, Mark, the other part of what's been going on yesterday had to do with what happened in Washington, D.C. I'm curious to ask you just briefly, we don't yet know the identities of some of these people who broke into the Capitol and were appearing, you know, inside the halls of Congress. And some of them didn't look anything like Trump supporters to me. But how do you see that whole thing? Just initially, we don't know the identities yet of these people, but there are a lot of people chattering on social media about Trump supporters who says for sure that they're Trump supporters. What do you think? Are we supposed to begin believing MSDNC, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, because it's now January 2021? We're now supposed to believe what the media is telling us? Right, right. There's my answer to that. Because I saw what you saw. I saw black clad. I I, I had phone calls coming in on my show today from the streets of Washington, D.C., from quote unquote protesters. Some of them were, were sponsors of mine who were there, patriots. In D.C. And I'll ask them, you know, I I ask them the same the same thing. I'll ask you, did you see any looting and and stores being broken into? Did you see the skyline on fire? Did you see any 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 people being dragged out of their automobiles, men and women walking to hotel rooms, being harassed by a bunch of. But you saw none of that. Right. Yet the D.C. mayor has got the city on lockdown curfew at 6 p.m. My response is defy the mayor's curfew and stand there and protest at your capital peacefully. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know, Janet. We're in a very, very 
dark, dingy place in this country right well, now. Well, we are, and it's amazing how Muriel Bowser suddenly has all kinds of power to deal with protesters when they are on the wrong side of the political aisle. But more, sure. than, more than that, isn't it interesting how all of a sudden the left is very, very concerned about law and order? I mean, are we going to see <laughs> CNN st- standing in front of the, you know, the, the, the Capitol building talking about fiery but mostly peaceful protests? I don't think so. I haven't seen that so far, yeah. Mark. No, and what they're going to do is they're going to blame Donald Trump for inciting a uh, you know violent riot. When it, it, it how short memories, right? We forget the Antifa, BLM, thug, terrorist, Marxist organizations that burnt down Democrat city after Democrat city after Democrat city throughout yeah. the summer of 2020 yep. without masks on, but it was okay because coronavirus somehow evades and avoids maskless Democrat thugs burning down cities calling it protest. I could go on, but yeah, I'll digress. I just, do you think Kamala Harris is going to help bail out the rioters? That's my big burning question, because <laughs> she's really you good know, at that. Um, you know, I, it, boy, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I, I see two Americas here. I really do. You know, I, I see bizarre things happening down the road. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Donald Trump declare a candidacy it, forcing media to cover a candidacy from day one of the inauguration, wow. whether he actually intended to run in 2024 or not, but then holding, ra- I mean, I can see Donald Trump being the biggest thorn in the side of the Democrats throughout this fake Joe Biden presidency. I mean, we're honestly supposed to believe he got 80 million votes, 10 million more votes than Barack Obama. Please. The guy can't string two sentences together. No, no. And what about he his put 20 cars, cars at a rally and we're supposed no. to buy this. No, no. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I can prove voter fraud. I'm not trying to do that. I'm telling you to open your eyes, use your, trust your gut. If you own a business, you know how to trust your gut and run it. If something stinks, you generally know not to operate your business on emotion. You wait until you get the facts. Okay. Right. So I'm I'm telling you to, to trust your gut instinct. When coincidences begin to line up one right after the other, it is completely legitimate to say, Gee, that coronavirus sure did come around at a weird time. Yes. Didn't it? It sure did. It sure did. You know, it's (laughs) interesting when you're talking about the blame that no doubt will go at the feet of President Trump. Representative Cori Bush of Missouri is already calling for the GOP members of Congress who she says incited domestic terrorist attacks there in Washington (laughs) have to be expelled from Congress. And she's introduced a resolution. Now, I don't remember, Mark, maybe I, you know, I've been in Florida, so maybe I missed this. But but did Mm -hmm. these GOP members of Congress who are standing behind the president and trying to make sure that, that, that there's not any disenfranchisement of 80 million voters. Did, did they call for rioters to break into the Capitol? Because if they did, I missed that part. No, and it's interesting because the Democrats complaining about it now did it three times past elections themselves. <laughs> I got to ask you a question. See the, the hypocrisy here. Uh, you need a napkin, don't you? When you, you listen to these people, because it just drips all over and you got to keep them clean. Yeah. There's when you listen to these people, you got to take a shower. It's like listening to Shifty Shift. Yeah. And when you listen to some of them, you you've got to go read like Moby Dick, or oh I don't know Mark Twain or something like that. Maybe maybe read some of his books because your IQ drops oh, so man. far below when you listen to these people. You know. But you were in Florida, and I, I'd like to ask you a question because I was in Florida too. You guys drove back. We flew back. You flew back. I drove. I flew down, and then I drove back. And let me tell you what encouraged me. On my entire ride back, I got about halfway. I was thinking about how I was going to open my national show the next night. 
And I had no idea how I was going to open the first show of 2021 in the opening monologue of, of the program. And as I'm driving up Interstate 75, Janet, it hit me. I started noticing car after car after car passing me. Traffic was very heavy. Boom, there goes a car from Michigan. Hmm. Boom, there goes a car from Missouri. Yep. Boom, there goes a New Jersey, a New York, a Pennsylvania, a Maine, an Iowa, another Iowa, a, a Minnesota, a Wisconsin. Bam, there's another Michigan, another Michigan. One right after the other. And I thought to myself, there it is. God handed me my monologue. I just put it in his hand and boom, there it was. <laughs> that was freedom. I, that to me yeah. was indicative of freedom. Those people in those cars driving back to states controlled by tyrants weren't putting up with it. Right. They left their homes. They went to Florida. They went to see grandma. They went and celebrated Christmas. They went to Disney World. They did what they did and lived their lives as free Americans and not a bunch of lockdown lunatic face diaper wearing sheep. And I was really encouraged by that. <laughs> yes. And that became my opening monologue. I, and, I, and I really, truly believe that freedom will prevail. And I think that was evidence of that. Yeah. Well, well, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, because I saw license plates from all over the country as well. And I don't know if you saw yeah. that recent survey. I think it was U-Haul did it talking about the, the states that people are uh, going toward with U-Hauls when they're renting their U-Hauls to, to leave and go somewhere. And right. t- top of the list, Tennessee, Texas, Florida. I mean, and isn't yeah. it interesting, people? Nothing against Georgia. God love you. We love you in Georgia. But I oh, no, I'm probably moving to Wyoming <laughs> after this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we love Georgia. My dad's from Georgia, so I love Georgia. But the thing about it is, people, the interesting thing to me, Mark, is that when people want freedom, they know which states to go to and they know which states they have to flee. So doesn't that say something about Americans in general loving freedom and wanting options to be able to do what they want to do and not be controlled? And I wonder how much of that will bleed over even to some of these Democrat voters eventually. I think I lost you. Do I have you back? Yeah. I, 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 wonder- that was my, I, I apologize. Yes. To answer your question, it absolutely does. And I'm sorry for that for that drop off there. That was my fault. But it, no, it absolutely does. And if I could, let me let me read you a text from somebody that I got uh, from Michigan, if I can find it, because it's so telling. And I, this was a an interview. He was my publisher on my first book, hmm. and he says um, he says I'm I'm coming down to uh, Florida with my family. I'm going to be running through Georgia. He says, "Is the state open? Can we go places to eat or stay in hotels? <sighs> and do I have to wear a mask?" Wow. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. Yeah. The state is open. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, to answer your question, 100 percent. I, I mean, I really, truly believe that. Now, this is not going to be an easy battle, Janet, and it is going to be a battle. It's going to be tough. Yep. Um, because we're going to have to put up with Chuck Schumer. First, we take Georgia, then uh, we change America. Uh, well, yeah, let me remind you, Chucky boy, 50-50 with Kamala Harris at the helm flipping the is not going to be an easy run for you. you got a lot of Republicans that are not going to be willing to play pool with you. You could even see Mitt Romney stand up, maybe. That would be like something. That would be something. As Kamala yells, freedom, freedom. <laughs> Man, what a, come on. I mean, she's already got these, these you know, things against her just going in from some of her recent lies. You know, multi-generational gatherings of oh, her yeah. family celebrating Kwanzaa when Kwanzaa wasn't even really a thing until the mid-80s. Nobody celebrates right. Kwanzaa. I mean, give, give me a break. And then she plagiarizes this story about freedom in her stroller. I mean... 
<laughs> I, I can't believe we're here, Mark. I'm still having a hard time really kind of wrapping my head around where we are as a country. And all I yeah. can say is that I'm really glad you're out there and I wish we had more time, but I'm going to send people over to your website, oh. armedamericanradio.org, the great Mark Walters, nobody better. And I'm so, so honored to have you back, Mark. We're going to have a good year. Oh, thanks, Janet. Maybe we'll do the Janet and Mark show soon. I'm looking forward to it. I'm up for any day, Mark. Thanks a bunch. We thank you for being with us on Janet Mefford today. Pray for our country. God bless you. We'll see you next time. This hour has been brought to you by Preborn. Help us save 350 babies' lives by the end of January through a gift of one free ultrasound. $28 saves one life. Call now, 855-402-BABY, 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com.